book of Jonah tonight, book of Jonah, and uh, it's been such a blessing to be here. I can't tell you how grateful I am to have been here this week and be able to be here with Owen, and uh, you know, it's, a, it's really a blessing to go anywhere where it's not like a family reunion when you go to church, and uh, I don't think besides Owen I'm, I'm related to anybody here. And uh, it reminded me of a little thing I heard one time about the difference between in-laws and outlaws. Outlaws are wanted. So, I know, that's pretty bad. I'm not, I'm not a joke teller, so I can't really... Uh, but it's been wonderful. Everything, the hospitality, the food. I've just really enjoyed the fellowship of God's people too, amen? Just... Uh, Renewing old acquaintances. Some people I, I really I haven't seen since 2005 when we were here last. And it's just a blessing. I mean, uh, some of the young people were a whole lot smaller. I mean, that's a long time, amen? That's almost 20 years. And so just thank you. Thank you, Pastor Carlson, Mrs. Carlson. Thank you, church, for everything. And uh, it's really good to know, you know, it's just really good to know that there's other Bible-believing churches standing for the truth, still doing things the old-fashioned way. Amen. It's not dead in our country yet. Praise God for that. Amen. And uh, I'm really, I am, I'm really looking forward to the testimonies. I really am. Well, I enjoy hearing what God's done in people's heart. And I, I want to, I want us to look here in the book of Jonah and uh, kind of come to a conclusion here. You know. Um, we were talking this afternoon about, uh, with some of the young people sitting over here, about what, you know, the Lord's done in our hearts, and you know how that we, we, we soak in all this preaching, and sometimes it's a little bit hard, you know, you get in a meeting, and there's so many preachers, and there's so many messages, and you're still trying to digest one thing, and you know, you get another thing launched onto you, and you know, it's just it's so much to take in. you really got to go back and listen, and think about it, amen, and get in the book, and really search these things out, I've got a lot of food for thought this week, amen, and, and I'm excited about that, amen, to go back home and to be able to just, just think on these things, and, and, uh, and so I hope that the Lord has done something for you in your life uh, this week, and we were sitting there talking about that, and I said, you know, it's really, I've been in church my whole life, as I've mentioned numerous times, and uh, I've been going to meetings and revival meetings and camp meetings, and, and I, I love them all. But the thing is, I always notice this, I always notice that we reach this spiritual high where we're up here on the mountain and everybody's got the joy of the Lord and, you know, even though your body's tired, your spirit is invigorated and you just can't wait to get out there and it just seems like after about a month, and listen, I realize you can't live on the mountaintop. Every week can't be camp meeting week, amen, I, I, I do realize that. But it just seems like whatever little bit of joy, whatever happiness, it just seems to start fading out. And then we have to have another rally, and we have to rally everybody up again. Everybody gets up, gets up, gets up, and then back down they come again. And, uh, you know, I got tired of that in my life. I didn't like that. In my, I don't know about you, if you're, maybe you're not that way, but I got tired of that in my life. And I said, Lord, I know that I can't be on the mountaintop all the time, but you know what? I want to rejoice in the valley because even in the valley, God's good. Amen. Even when everything's not going your way, God's still good. 
His, his mercies are still new every morning. Great is his faithfulness still. I don't want to be this. I don't want to have this going on in my Christian life. Amen. And, uh, you know, this book of the Bible, Jonah, and I just want to leave you with this thought. This is one of two books in the Bible that ends in a question. One of two. One of only two. You know, the other one is Nahum. And you know, if you were to look over there in Nahum, you know what you'd find in the first verse? The burden of Nineveh. So there's, there's a connection here somewhere. Amen. But let's look at this, if you would. You, you know the story of Jonah here. You know, Jonah was a prophet in Israel, and, and Nineveh was an incredibly wicked city. Uh, you know, and, and their evil became so great before the Lord that he was going to remove them off the face of the earth. And he was so upset with them. But he said, you know what, I'm going to send Jonah to warn them in advance and provide an opportunity for them to repent. And, you know, praise God for when he sends those opportunities into our life. Amen? I've been there many times. Many times. And so Jonah, you know, he, uh, he gets that message from the Lord. But Jonah has, has a little hate on for Nineveh. You know, he has a little hate on for Nineveh. And, you know, he says, you know, I'm not going down there. I'd rather go anywhere then go down there to Nineveh. And Jonah thought to himself, I'd rather see them die. And so he took that message from the Lord, he buried it deep down in his heart, and he got himself on a boat and headed for a completely different place than where God had wanted him to go. Amen? And we know what happened. We know what happened. God uh, found him. And you know, folks, there's nowhere God can't find you. And, and that not, ought not to be ominous in our lives. We ought to thank God for that. Amen. Didn't the psalmist say, you know, if I go up into heaven or if I go down to the deepest part of the earth, wherever I go, he is there. Amen. We ought to thank God that no matter where we go, where we end up in this life, he can find us. Amen. And he found Jonah asleep on that boat. Amen. Of course, we know how it went. They threw him overboard and the whale swallowed him, spit him out on dry ground and off Jonah went to Nineveh and preached. I mean, I don't know if there's a greater revival recorded in the Bible. I don't know of any other revival that records an entire city repenting. I mean, the whole nine yards, sackcloth. I mean, it was not a two-minute trip down to an altar. It was sackcloth, ashes, throwing out everything that was no good, trying to bring in everything. I mean, it was complete repentance. Amen. And of course, we know Jonah, he delivered the message of the Lord, and then he climbed up on the side of a hill and sat down there to wait, to watch the destruction of that city. And when destruction didn't happen, he was incensed. He could not believe that he had gone to these wicked, awful people to preach the message from the Lord that destruction was coming, and just with a little sackcloth and ashes, God spares the city. And that's where we pick it up here in, in um, let's see, let's pick it up here in verse number 9 here at the end. We, we know what happened with, well, let's just read chapter 4. It displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? 
Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repentest thee of the evil. He said, didn't I tell you, Lord, when I was still back in my own country that this is exactly what you would do? Oh, what a weird preacher. I mean, usually when we preach and we deliver the message from the Lord, we're hopeful for repentance. We're hopeful for a, a response that's going to bring people together with the Lord. And he says, I told you, Lord, when I was back home that this is exactly what you would do because I knew you were merciful. I knew you would forgive them. Therefore now, O Lord, verse 3, take, I beseech thee, my life from me. If that's how you're going to be God, just kill me. <laughs> Have you ever just... just Sometimes we grow up with this and we're so familiar with this stuff, we, we don't ever actually go ourselves and sit down under that gourd tree and say, all right, Lord, teach me this. <laughs> Man, you put yourself there. Can you? It's, it's hard to even imagine this thing. He says, Lord, because you spared them, just kill me. For it is better for me to die than to live. Then said the Lord, dost thou well to be... I mean, how does he say that? How does it? I don't think the Lord's like thundering at Jonah saying, Dost thou be well to be angry? I think it's more like, Jonah, doest thou well to be angry? Amen. So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth. He went to the movies. He made him a little booth there, popped him some popcorn, amen, got some of Terry's chocolate chip cookies and sat down till he might see what would become of the city. Maybe there's still a chance. Maybe their repentance will only last just a little while. Maybe he's, I don't know, see what happens. And so the Lord prepared a gourd, made it to come up over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. You know, that takes me back to verse 2. God is merciful. I mean, I know what happens with the gourd, but it does say there that he gave him a little shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. Poor little Jonah, sitting there having his pity party, you know, and God was still, even though Jonah had just thrown God's mercy in his face, God said, you know what, just have a little gourd grow up there. Man, God's good. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. It's funny that he had no joy, no emotion except anger for those people. But he was so happy about a gourd. So God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day. And it smote the gourd that it withered. And it came to pass when the... <laughs> When the sun did arise, that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted, and wished in himself to die, and said, It's better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry, even unto death. 
Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd. This is great, okay? This. Remember Job, or Jonah here. He, he, he's, he's, uh, he's all glad about this gourd that comes up, and then the worm comes, eats the gourd, and now he wants to die again. And, and just this, look what the Lord says. He says, Thou hast pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night, and should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand and also much cattle? There's something that is very funny to me about this verse. God, say, God says to him, he says, look, you have pity on this gourd. And he said, and yet you don't, you don't even want me to spare Nineveh. And these people in Nineveh, they're not real bright. He said, they can't discern between their right hand or their left hand. But Jonah, if you can't show any emotion about the destruction or me sparing these people, consider the cattle. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, there's all these people, Jonah, here in Nineveh. And if you can't get excited about me sparing them, and also much cattle. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sick of humor, I guess, but... That is really funny to me. That is funny. And it has nothing to do with where I want to go with this message, but I just find that so funny. The Lord's just there with Jonah. He says, Jonah, Jonah, you're so upset over this gourd, and yet you have no pity on these people or these cows. But you know, you see there, it ends in a question mark. And my question tonight is, was Jonah a good prophet or a bad prophet? I mean, he did preach the greatest revival recorded in Scripture. An entire city. They all repented. God spared them. Except for Jonah, it had a happy ending. Was he a good prophet or a bad one? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, God used him. You ever know somebody like that? You, you just kind of like, you know, are they saved or, or aren't they saved? Are they, you know, so-and-so, remember they, they used to be here, and you know, you know I, I don't know, it just seemed like they were so in, but, you know, I just, I'm not really sure. Where, where, were they sold out or weren't they? Were, were they? They seemed to be doing everything right, but maybe it was their heart. I just, and you know, that's Jonah's life. This prophet of God, his life ends with a question mark. The story of his life, there's, there's, no, there's no exclamation, there's no... Nobody could say really whether or not, you know, he was good or he was bad. Or, I mean, God used him, but did he end... I mean, all, it's just a question. Amen. And I wonder if your life is a question mark or a period. I wonder if people, when they talk about you, and by the way, just a newsflash, people do talk about you. Amen. You know, we talked about some different things already this week. Were they, were they a good missionary? Or, or, or were they not a great missionary? 
Were they a good church member? Well, I mean, they were, they were usually there, but then, you know, towards the end, they got a little, you know. You know, just recently, we had a brother in our church, and tragedy struck. His son passed away, 21 years old. And it was tragic. But you know what was more tragic than his passing? Was the question, was he saved or wasn't he? You know, as a child, he'd made a profession of salvation, grew up in church, went to Sunday school. Amen. Heard, you know, same as my testimony. Amen. Which was hearing my grandfather preach a message on hell, knowing I didn't want to go there, going home, laying in my bed, waiting for my dad to come to, to have nighttime prayers. And when he came, I'm laying there crying in my bed. Man, I didn't want to go to hell. And dad said, well, you know who can save? Yes, I do. He said, you know, what's the verse? And quoted some verses. And I, he said, do you believe? I said, yes, I believe that Jesus can save me. He said, then just Call out to the Lord. And in simple childlike faith, there's so many that have that testimony, and yet later in life they just kind of walk away from God, and you're left wondering, were they saved? Amen. I mean, God knows whether they were or whether they weren't, but it's just a big question mark. Amen. You know, there's so many people over, over my years in church Amen. Boy, there are some exclamation marks. There are. Amen. My grandfather died September of 1999, and he died with his boots on. Amen. We were vacationing in Connecticut. We were going to a camp meeting is what we were doing. We called that vacation when we were kids. We didn't know any better. Amen. We didn't know vacation was supposed to be our and our. For us, it was preaching and singing. And that's what we did as kids. And we were there, and midweek, my grandfather and grandmother, they were there with us, and boy, we were just having a great time of fellowship with them about midweek. My grandfather, I remember telling him, telling my dad, he said, I, he said, Percy, I think I need to go home. He said, I'm not feeling well at all. And so they drove all the way back from Connecticut and got back home, and he went to the doctor, and they found colon cancer, put him in the hospital, and two weeks later he died. But you want to know something? He died with an exclamation mark. 30 years pastored the same church, stayed faithful. Many of those years when there was nobody else to fellowship with, nobody else to draw strength from, he just looked to the Lord and kept on keeping on. I remember one thing about his office as I was a little kid. You'd walk in his, I mean, he wasn't a, didn't have a decorator, didn't have, you know, it was nothing fancy, but right there, just a little card on his door. And it was stuck there with a thumbtack. And it said, don't quit. And he didn't. He didn't. And you know what? When he died, there was no question what kind of man Ralph Seeley was. No question. I wonder if you were to die. I mean, the Bible says, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. You know, Josh, you know before this week's over, you could be in glory? Before this day's over, you could be in glory? What will people say? Well, I wonder, I wonder if, I, I mean, he played in the orchestra and Boy, he was really good at those sports, and boy, he really, but I just, I don't know. I, I, I think he was, 
I think he was saved, but what, was he sold out for the Lord? Amen. What's your life? And I'm going to say to you tonight, don't put a question mark where God puts a period. Don't put a question mark where God... You know, when we got saved, we got saved by the blood of the Lamb, salvation by grace through faith, and praise God not of our works, lest any man should boast. It's not the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. And when Jesus Christ died at Calvary and shed every drop of His precious blood for the redemption of our souls, our salvation was sealed. Amen. It was signed, sealed, and delivered, period. Once and for all. No further sacrifice to be made. Amen. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. But praise God, He washed it white as snow. It's done, folks. Nothing to be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. Amen. It's finished. Amen. Praise God for that. It's done. God put a period there. Don't you dare end your life with a question mark. There's no need tonight for one single person to slip off into eternity with a question mark hanging over their life. Were they saved? Were they not saved? There's no reason for that. Amen. Amen. There's so many questions we have. So, you know, one of the worst things about going places, you know, um, for six or seven years before COVID, I would go down to the Navajo Reservation down there in Gallup, New Mexico and around Arizona and go down there and see Brother Wilson Calvin. You know, one of the worst things, this was the first year after COVID I went back. You guys know, you know how it is, brother. You go there and say, hey, where's so-and-so? Well, they're not here anymore. Well, where on earth are they? You know, here in this country, there's not so many Bible-believing churches. If you live around here and you don't go to this one, where, where do you go? Where do you go? Isn't it a shame to have to come back and say, hey, I remember so-and-so. Where, where? Well, I mean, they, they, something happened. They got offended, got upset, and they're... You know, they're still in church. Well, are they serving God? Are they doing it? Well, I really don't know. We've just lost touch. And... Question mark. Question mark. You know, for me, that'd be good enough reason to stay here. You're not going to find it better anywhere else. Amen. I don't want to have a question mark over me. So, you... Listen, folks. Don't put a question mark where God has put a period. Amen? You know, if you go over there to Hebrews chapter 11, you find a man over here in Hebrews chapter 11 talks about when he was dying. And there's three things. And you'll notice this, what it tells us about, us, about him when he was dying, it ends with a period. There's three quick things here in Hebrews 11.21 about Jacob. You know, Jacob, uh, there was times in his life that I question. I mean, he was known as the supplanter. I mean, when you think back over Jacob's life, 
You know, I have a lot of questions to ask about him getting Leah when he was supposed to get Rachel. How does that happen? Now, you may have the answer. I doubt you do. I certainly don't have the answer. Hey, man, I mean, you know, he worked seven years and he's hoping for Rachel and somehow he wakes up the next morning and it's not her. I have questions about that. You know, I know that God blessed him. But I do have some questions about the ring straked and speckled. I do. Was that honest or wasn't that honest? I mean, God was in it. He prospered him. But don't you have those same questions? But I'm telling you, when it came to the end of Jacob's life, this is what the Bible says. Well, Hebrews eleven twenty one. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying. And you want to know something, folks? We're all dying. You're dying right now. Doesn't matter how young, how old you are, you're dying. So there's no time to wait. What a, what a crooked philosophy. Well, you know, I'm going to fix it, you know. There was a young lady that used to be part of a church that was about 40 minutes down the way from us. And man, she was talented. She could sing. She could play the piano. And she used to sing and play in church. And it was so, it was good. She was, God had really blessed her with that. And then one day, she, it, it was just like a, a switch flipped. And she decided, you know what, I, I'm not going to do this anymore. She traded in the church piano and praising and worshiping God for karaoke at the local bar. I'm not even kidding you. And I thought, what in the world? So I called her. I said, Tiffany, what are you doing? She said, oh, she said, I don't plan on doing this forever. She said, I just, I wanted to see how far I could go. She said, I won't forget about the Lord. I'll be back. That's about 25 years ago now. She's not back. And I'm going to tell you something. If she ever does come back, she doesn't look the same. There's so much baggage, so many scars. Amen. We're all dying. We only have so much time, folks. You don't know when it is. And Jacob, even though there were some questions in his life when he was dying, the Bible says this, he blessed both the sons of Joseph. You know what I see in that? I see that in his dying, he left his children a spiritual heritage. He left his children a spiritual heritage. I know you've read it and we're not going to go there for the sake of time, but how Joseph commanded his sons, gathered them around him when he died. and You know something, if you want to remove the spiritual question mark from your life, you got to leave your children a spiritual heritage. There's a lot of things in this world you can leave your kids. Amen? I'm a little worried about what my dad's leaving me, amen? But <laughs> There's a lot of things that you can leave behind. But when it comes to dying, when it comes to the end, there's no greater joy than to know your children walk in truth. 
There's no greater peace than to know, you know what, whatever decisions they make in their life, they turn in adults and they begin to make their decisions, there is still a peace. In, you know, not all Jacob's kids turned out great. They didn't all do right. But you know what? He left them with something. And I'll bet they never forgot it. And I'm, I'm saying to you, when it comes to time to remove the question mark and end it with a period, you better have left your kids with something. Amen. You know, kids, you, 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 you got to settle things down for them, give them some structure, give them a place. When it came down to the end of his life, he left a spiritual heritage. When Joshua built that, those, took those stones out of the Jordan and erected that monument, amen, what was it for? It was that when their children asked questions, they'd have a story to tell them. Amen. He left something for his children. You see what else he did, the Bible says? It says he blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped. Amen. You want to take the question mark off your life? The Bible says he worshipped. He loved the Lord his God. He worshipped his God. Amen. You know, we've gotten so scared of this praise and worship junk that we don't even worship God anymore. Amen. I don't know if you call it this or not, but this is supposed to be a worship service. Amen. You know, usually when the, the children of Israel, the children of Israel, first of all, they had to prepare for worship. There were some things that they had to, you can't come just running in here, helter skelter, last minute, having just, man, you ought to take a little bit of time to prepare your heart to worship God. I'm always amazed at home how people do that. Amen. They scoot in five minutes late. Amen. Or they get here. And I'm all for fellowship. Amen. But for a few moments, you ought to settle your heart down. Amen. And get yourself focused on God so you can worship Him. You want to take the question mark off your life. Amen. Worship God in the beauty of holiness. Amen. He loved the Lord as God. He blessed His children. He worshipped God. Amen. You know what Jonah should have done when God accomplished His purpose in Nineveh? He should have worshipped the Lord. He should have said, Great is thy faithfulness. But instead, he threw God's mercy in his face. He should have worshipped. Amen. And you know what, folks? You know what? I hope that's what our testimony time is an opportunity to give worship to the Lord through thankfulness. We owe Him so much. Amen? We owe Him so much. I love the words of the psalmist in Psalm 34. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Amen. You know, we're very good at asking God to bless us. But we're not very good at blessing Him. Lord, bless this and bless that and help this and help that. And Lord, do this and do that. And, you know, take us home safely and help us to do. And, of course, we should pray for all those things. But the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord. 
Blessing him and just asking him all the time. It's not the same thing. It says, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Every time we gather, every time we assemble, we have an opportunity to magnify the name of the Lord together. And you know what it'll do? It'll take the question mark off whether or not you loved Him. Amen. I know you can have a lot of thunder and no substance. Amen. I know you can have a lot of clouds and no rain. But amen, I'm not going to sit here and judge every person as to whether, oh boy, well they did or they didn't. or they. You know, I'm only responsible for me. But I am, I am going to worship my Lord. I am going to bless His name. Amen? That's what Jacob did. You know, I like this last thing it says here in verse 21. It says, he did that. Blessed his sons. Blessed the sons of Joseph. Worshipped. Leaning upon the top of his staff. You remember where he got that staff probably? Probably after that little wrestling match with that that man, wouldn't you think? Where he walked away a different way. Hey man, there was a different walk that he had leaning on that staff. You want to take the question mark off your life? Walk different. When God touches your life, walk different. Walk different. You know, after he wrestled with the Lord, I love his tenacity. By the way, that's another fighting story. And after he walked, he said to the Lord, I will not let you go until you bless me. When was the last time you got your face on an altar and said, Lord, I, I'm, I'm not getting up until I get an answer. Lord, I'm not moving until your presence is with me. You know what Moses said? He said, if thy presence is going out with me, I'm not going. You know, I, I like that about the, those great men of God. Moses, you know, you got Jacob, you got David. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. These were definitive things these men were saying. Jacob leaned on, he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And you know what he got? He got a blessing. And when he got it, he walked back a different way. Leaning on a staff. Amen? I don't know about you. I, I want to take the question mark off my life. I don't want anybody to wonder if I was saved. I don't want anybody to wonder if I loved God. I don't want anybody to wonder if I served the Lord or served myself. I don't want anybody to wonder about those things in my life. Don't put a question mark. Listen, God saved us. He sealed us. He gave us something to do for His honor and glory by which we can earn an eternal inheritance in heaven where the moth and rust doesn't corrupt and thieves don't break in and steal. Amen. He's given us something to do. Don't ever let your life end with a question. Were they? Did they? How? When? Amen. You want to end your life with a period. You know, it's okay if it's not an exclamation mark. Amen. 
Not everybody's like that. But you know what? There ought to be something definite. What a horrible thing to end the story of your life with. Oh yeah, Jonah, and if you can't get a little bit uh, uh, you know, compassionate for the people, what about the cows? Question mark. The end. You want that to be your life? You want people to wonder, were they good or weren't they? Was that the right decision or wasn't it? Hey Amen. Why don't you determine tonight? I'm going to get the question mark off. And by God's grace, I'm going to end my life definitively. When my life comes to an end, I want people to know who I was and what I believed and where I stood. Man, if God's done anything for you this week, what it should do is take a question mark or two off some sentences in your life story. Wouldn't you ask God tonight, Lord, help me to walk, help me to live with a period and not a question mark. Let's stand together. Father, I'm grateful, Lord, for the opportunity to have been here. What a good thing, Lord, you've done for me this week, and I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm thankful for every message I heard, Lord, all the fellowship we've had. Lord, it stirs me, it encourages me. And Lord, I pray tonight, God, if there's anyone here, if they have the question hanging over their head of their salvation, Lord, I pray they'd make it sure. Lord, if there are other questions that are unanswered in their life, God, I pray that you'd give some direction. Lord, help there to be some definitive decisions made for you this week. Lord, God, we know your word, how effective it is in our life. God, I pray that you'd do the work that only you can do. Lord, may we desire to have an end like Jacob and not like Jonah. I ask it in Jesus' name.